Well, a little big piece of our cultural mythology has uh, flown west. Uh, most people were surprised. I was certainly surprised uh, to discover that actor Paul Rubens died just uh, yesterday as we record this. At age 70, he'd been battling cancer for six years, and much like another uh, comic genius who I revere very highly, Norm MacDonald, he had the good grace and the, um, and the fundamental elegance to not say a word about it, and nobody knew he had terminal cancer until he died of it. Uh, guys, it uh, seems unlikely to think that, that, that uh, Pee Wee Herman would have such a big effect on, on certainly on this conservative and, and a number of others as well, but uh, he really did. Um, there was a, an innocence about, about the character that, that I don't think was ever tainted. I don't think it was even tainted by what Paul Rubens, of course, ended up getting in trouble for back in the early 90s, I think. I'm not going to dwell on that. And by the way, I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you're a big Pee Wee fan or not, but um, but the thing about Pee Wee Herman that I think was so iconic was, as I said, it was just his fundamental sense of innocence. A number of people who are maybe a little too old to appreciate Pee Wee always, I've often heard some people say, oh, he's just, just playing gay. Pee Wee's not gay. Pee Wee's uh, yeah. certainly not gay. He's, you know, He's got more important things to do sometimes than hang out with, uh, with, with the girls. You know, as he says to Dottie at the end of uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he's got a bike to take care of and, and other important things to do. But Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's not a, a gay character. He, he, was, he, was, he was childish innocence in a, in a grown-up body. And while, as I said, I was not a, a, a big um, Pee-wee's Playhouse uh, Person. The second I saw him in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I completely got what he was doing. I loved him from the first frame of, of, of film that I ever saw him in. And, um, and when, he, when Pee-wee's Playhouse was, uh, was really hitting its stride, I was working as a um, doing lights and lasers, of all things, at a nightclub in Miami. And uh, there was a scene from Pee-wee's Playhouse where Miss Yvonne uh, gets very angry. And she starts putting on lipstick in like, a, like this in crazy fashion. I put that on a video wall of 25 monitors and just brought the house down every time. Um, is there something about this guy that, that's different, Scott, do you think, than, than just, just another comedian? Because comedians are comedians, but Pee-wee Herman is a character, and I maintain that he's an iconic part of our character and that he fills a specific role in our society, and I'll get to that in my close, I think. Yeah, I think you nailed it, really. It is that, um, it's that childlike nature. You know, he's dressed essentially like a grown-up, but a little bit off, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit off. You know, he's got, a, he's got a, a gray suit, he's got a red tie, you know, and, and so he's kind of nominally looks like an adult, but his hair's a little weird, his face is kind of strangely colored, and, um, and he moves in a bizarre fashion and speaks strangely. And, and frankly, in his heyday, I don't know anybody who didn't have a Pee Wee Herman impression. Like everybody I knew everybody. <laughs> would imitate the laugh and the way he talked. Um, he he really is an American icon in in many ways. And again, like you, I'm talking about his public persona and what he created. Uh, what I think his genius is, I mean, how many comedians are there or comic actors out there that never kind of get their legs under them and never kind of establish a, a, an identifiable brand? And that's really the challenge of, of comedy. And Pee Wee basically, uh, you know, Paul Rubens basically decided to create a character 
that in w- into which he could pour his ideas and make it identifiable instantly. Like as soon as you saw him, and 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 frankly, as soon as you saw the headline, you know, I I think a lot of papers went with you know Pee Wee Herman actor dead. Uh, you know, if they had just said Paul Rubens dies, uh, nobody would have known. Yeah, a lot Half of people, people would have known who they were talking Paul about. Paul Rubens, yeah. Um, but he created that idea. Um, and through it was able to delight uh, children and adults. And like you, I mean, it's been many years, and I'll probably go back and watch it again, but, but that movie was, was great. It was hilarious. It was touching. It was, you know, really, um, you felt a connection with the character. You know, everybody's got a little bit of child inside of them. And so, you know, you really had a kind of a bond with that character. There was a kind of innocence to it um, that most of us don't see in our day-to-day lives. And so, it, really, really a brilliant actor. And, you know, you might say, People kind of make fun of some actors like, you know, Kevin Costner is always playing himself in every movie, for example. Well, you know, Paul Rubens kind of made a strategic decision. It's like, look, I could be one in a million comics or, or I could be right, exactly or right. I could be Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I think as his educational value is important, too. I mean, his contributions to uh, U.S. history and architecture, I think, go <laughs> unsaid. <laughs> For example, if I were to ask you to describe the uh, the motif of the uh, of how how exactly what, what architectural style would you say that the basement of the Alamo is is uh, decorated? Uh, non-existent. And Why? I know this. I know this because I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure and I saw it on the big screen in high school. And there's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> it's so hard. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie. I'm a rebel, Dottie. A loner. I'm a rebel, Dottie. Um, just. And my Pee-wee is way off. It was much better 30 years ago when the movie was fresher in my mind. Um, I think that the the key to the appeal of of Pee-wee Herman wasn't just that he was hysterically funny. It was it was this this sort of promise that no matter how adult we got, we could still indulge in the innocent childhood pleasures like riding your bike. I mean, exactly. That, Story of a man and his bike. I think that's how they advertised it, Pee-wee's uh, big adventure. It, it was indeed, and Pee-wee's. Play, I, I I had to go back and and watch Pee-wee's Playhouse because I I hadn't heard of it when uh, Big Adventure came out in eighty five, eighty six, whenever that was. Uh, so I went back and I watched a bunch of those on cable later, and there was a bit I'd forgotten about that, uh, and this is one of the things that Twitter is is just excels at is people sharing these things he'd forgotten about when, when an event happens or somebody passes away or something like that. And it's such a genius pairing it's so unexpected. One of the guests on Pee Wee's Playhouse was Grace Jones. And the pairing of Paul Rubin's childlike character with Grace Jones, who is this exotic, almost dangerous disco diva, it was it was genius, and uh, she came on the show, and I, it was a Christmas episode, and she sang, I think it was Little Drummer Boy, and that gorgeous voice of hers, and I hate that song. Love that performance. Um, so it's not a stretch to say that this character could could be opposite of anybody, literally anybody, and, and still bring the laughs and the good cheer, which was his particular genius. Um, but Paul Rubin's a guy, I, I didn't know much about him aside from the 1991 incident, which, again, I, I, don't, let, don't let that define somebody. Which, by the way, which, by the way, I think 
because he was caught in a, in a in an adult theater uh, yeah. having fun playing peewee. Um, but but I think it probably needs to be said in his defense that that. This was not something he did in public. It's not something he did in front of children. He was a he was a an actor who was popular with children, and I understand the blowback. I'm not it's, saying there shouldn't yes. have been any, but nevertheless, you know, I mean, I think that yeah. just needs to be but said. But he's also the guy, and this this is this is what I want people to remember: not just the incident, but he's also the guy who uh, his family or his representation released this yesterday. Please accept my apology for not going public with. <clears throat> Pardon me, what I've been facing the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. That's the guy. And it, it wouldn't be complete without giving a huge shout-out to uh, director Tim Burton. Uh, Absolutely, who got started on uh, that movie. Not, not, just, not just that, but uh, th- that made both of their, their careers huge. Tim Burton, who... who directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure and, and Paul Rubin, who played the character, of course. But in after after the 91 incident, Paul Rubens was unemployable. Nobody would touch mm-hmm. this guy with, with a 10-foot pole. Tim Burton took a risk and cast him as the Penguin's father, who's seen in a sort of an extended cameo at the beginning of Batman Returns with, uh, with Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, really and, well and Michelle Pfeiffer. And he owned it you yeah. he was just absolutely perfect in the role and it's it, it escapes me for the moment who who played the mom the wife um i'll have to look that up later but by taking a chance on a big budget movie that was the most anticipated sequel maybe uh, since empire Ever, strikes yeah. back or return of the jedi when, yeah, when yeah. batman returns came out in 92 for tim burton to take the untouchable uh, paul rubens and put him in that role Right at the beginning of the movie, uh, that was a that was a daring move, a great gesture of friendship, and because that brought Paul Rubens back, uh, working in Hollywood again, we we all ho- all owe him a debt. And uh, thanks for all the mm-hmm. great work, uh, Paul, and thank you, Tim, for making the the the, the, the last two thirds of that career possible. And people cheered when they saw him in the yeah. movie theater. They you know they. Uh, the the famous dinosaur park out uh, at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure is uh, just out past uh, uh, past El uh, uh, Pass, out in the general vicinity of um, Palm Springs, and uh, and I never drive past that without thinking about that movie and and, and getting a, a smile about it. So I just close with two things that I think probably mentioned that are something to think about from a professional point of view, from the from the craft point of view, Pee Wee accomplished something that I've not seen that I don't think has been done since him with the exception of one case and that's Napoleon Dynamite. Hmm. I've never I've never seen a, a comic own a character that went into the into the pop culture mainstream in such a way that they became absolutely iconic. It, it, it's so easy to imitate because it's so precisely precisely accomplished. Um if you look back at, at the history of, of comedy, you've got people falling down and slapstick, and you've got vaudeville and pies in the face and all the rest of it. Then you get into the area of, of guys telling jokes, and somewhere around the 60s or so, you start getting comedy as serious business with George Carlin and Mort Saul and all of these guys making important political commentary. But then in the, in the 70s, in the early 70s, mid-70s, something really changed, something broke, and I think the person that broke it was Steve Martin. Hmm. Steve Martin... 
was a, was a comedian who said, I'm going to be allowing you to laugh not at what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it. In other words, what the, the, the comedian is the joke, not the comedy. It's the comedian that's the joke. Steve Martin really nailed that. And, and Pee Wee Herman, to me, from a purely craftsmanship point of view, had the genius to make everybody watching him know that they were in on the same joke and he was in on it too. He never once, he never once cracked. He never commented on Pee Wee. You never saw him commenting on the character. He, he, he just played him straight and, and that's why people loved him. But I think Pee Wee Herman's role in our society is actually much bigger than that. We look at uh, ancient mythology and we see the same iconic characters appearing in Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, Roman mythology, every mythology, Norse mythology. And one of the recurring characters that you get as the character in Norse mythology would be Loki. In Greek mythology, it would be Puck or Pan. It's the, it's the mischievous monkey god. It's the god of mischief. It's the, it's the usually small, usually weak character who, who is able to create mischief all around them. And in a world of, of ongoing perpetual catastrophe, ride their Schwinn bicycle with absolute calm and impunity through this cyclone of catastrophe that, that is occurring all around them, and they emerge completely unscathed by this. I'm trying to use the phone! He's Puck and he's Pan. He's the god of mischief. And... And he is going to be deeply missed, I think, in a society that is known for its loss of innocence, that, 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 that the trademark of, of the modern era is a loss of innocence and cynicism. I don't think there was a cynical bone in Pee Wee Herman's body. I don't think there was a cynical bone in um, Paul Rubin's body. And in an age where cynicism and the poison that it brings with us has caused so much damage everywhere, I'm going to miss this monkey god very, very much. I'm going to miss his love for his bicycle. And I'm going to miss uh, the idea that a grown man could put on a red bow tie, a gray suit with pants that are too short, red lipstick, and just smack his lips and look at the sky and not have anybody do anything at it but feel good and laugh. So, uh, Paul, I'm glad I got a chance to uh, be here while you were here. Off you go now to um, to Comic Valhalla, and um, it's tempting to think about people riding into the sunset on a horse, but I don't think anybody has any difficulty whatsoever imagining this little guy in this gray suit riding off into the sunset on a Schwinn, uh, trailing the streamers from his handlebars. That's how I'll think about him. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Right Angle.